It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Crash and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, and we are the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. Nearly all of Love Thy Nerd shows and podcasts air on LTN Radio first, and you'll also find an amazing mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie all week long. If you're listening to our show on podcast, you're late, and you're missing out on all we have to offer. Check out LTNOnAir.com or download the Live 365 app, search and favorite LTN. LTN Radio. Today on the show, privacy. It's our big privacy special, in fact, because you'll notice uh, Mo's not here. Uh, as we explained in the show yesterday, uh, Mo's husband has tested positive for COVID, so out of she, she's tested negative for it, but out of an abundance of caution, we're, we're taking a bit of a break. And uh, today we're bringing you an actual a special. We're going to bring you three classic discussions all around privacy. We're going to talk about privacy in marriage, privacy in parenting, and a bit of a different take, privacy in the tech arena. Uh, it's it's three very interesting topics we have on three different shows, and uh, we're going to bring them all together for you today so you can hear that. But first... Today is Tuesday, January 12th, 2021, and we do have some holidays to celebrate. It is National Pharmacist Day, which uh, this year, you know, well, this past year, maybe maybe they deserve a little bit of uh, extra love because it's been, a, it's been a pain. And now I'm sure as these uh, vaccines become more and more available, they're going to have to put their their uh, hand into that as well. I mean, they already handle flu shots every year. And now they got to handle this too, I'm sure, every year moving forward. It's going to be fun. It's also National Youth Day, which, you know, I feel like that's every day for, for anyone who's younger than 30. So enjoy that. All right, let's get down to business. First up in our special privacy episode, we're going to talk about privacy in marriage. Today we're talking about privacy in marriage. Um, and healthy relationships, uh, of course, cannot exist without mutual respect for each other's privacy. And mm-hmm. this is why boundaries are so important in marriage. Uh, privacy in marriage is perfectly fine, but secrecy is not. And it can be a fine line and hard to determine uh, what's appropriate to share, what's mm-hmm. appropriate to keep to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kind of just going to ask those two questions. Yeah. Uh, what should be private in marriage and what should not be private in marriage? Yeah. Um, so this was your idea. <laughs> so it was I'll my idea. You, so I'll let you answer that first question first. Uh, what should be private in marriage? Oh gosh. I don't, I don't know that I like you <laughs> allowing me to answer first. So initially my first response is that there's not a whole lot that should be private in marriage. Mm-hmm. We should be open books with each other. We should be able to tell each other anything and everything. Um, 
Obviously, if it's coming up on a holiday and you want to get them a surprise gift, it's okay to keep it private. <laughs> you don't got to tell them. Even if that means you have to open up a secondary Amazon account so that <laughs> they don't see the gift on your Amazon account. That's okay. But at the same time, we almost had a big, like, big Christmas falling out this past year because I specifically asked for something. Chris had forgotten up until, like, a week before Christmas. And every week I was like, hey, did you order such and such? Hey, did you order? Because he asks, what do you want for Christmas? Mm -hmm. Well, just get me whatever. No, tell me what you want. Okay, fine. This is what I want then. This is it. I even sent the link directly to the website that he could order from. Well, then I, you know, we do most of our ordering through Amazon. I go on Amazon. I'm looking at the orders in our cart. What I wanted was not off of Amazon. So I had no thought of seeing the Mm. gift. You know, it was off of a secondary website. So I'm going through our cart to check on orders. And I see that he ordered... What I wanted, but not what I wanted. Right. What I wanted, but not the brand. The item, that but I not wanted. the brand or yeah. quality. And yeah. I already had that exact item. I already owned that item. <laughs> and so I'm going back and forth like with this moral dilemma of, <laughs> do I tell him that I saw the order and that the purchase he made was... One that I'm just going to have to return? You know, do I tell him now while there's still time to cancel it? Or do I just open it up on Christmas morning and be thankful that he got me anything at all? Finally, it came down to, you know what? I just want you to know, I appreciate the thought and the effort, but I already own this one. And there's a reason that I wanted a different one. Because this one's not that great quality. (laughs) It doesn't really do what I want it to do. So I really would like... This one that I sent you the link for a month ago. <laughs> and I found that he actually appreciated that honesty. Right. You know? Of course. Because you want to get your spouse what you wanted to get yeah. what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but, but yeah, it definitely took that. Terrifying that moment would have yes. been. Yes. <laughs> yes, because I didn't want to come across as like spoiled wife who only wants the one brand and can't have anything else you know (laughs) so i got a couple things from a list online uh and i wanted your opinion on that too one of the things that they say that should be private in marriage and this is might be hard for you and i to answer because we both kind of met and married our spouses really young okay but it's it says uh your romantic past okay should be kept secret or, you know, not necessarily you can't know who I dated or whatever in the past, but you don't want to talk about all the, right. The, I don't even know the right terminology. The details. You don't want to know all all the the details details of past relationships. Uh, Because that might make your spouse uh, feeling or feel insecure. Or inadequate. Or inadequate. Or Mm -hmm. like she or he has to measure up to Mm -hmm. previous people. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. At least to a at least to that degree, yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I do agree with that. i I think maybe knowing, especially if you live in a small town and there's a good chance that you're gonna run into this person, yeah, you know, former ex or whatever, knowing that there was a past is okay. But I don't need to know all the stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I know that Chris has one ex-girlfriend who was very serious in high school. And had I not known that she was his ex-girlfriend, because she still continued to come around the family a lot. She was still close with his mom, close with his sister. Mm -hmm. Had I not known ahead of time that she was his girlfriend and I just found out years later, I probably would have been a little perturbed. Yeah. You know, I would, what? what? Wait a minute. (laughs) Why is she still coming around? (laughs) But at the same time, I probably know too much to where... I can't just look at her as another female. I look at her and loathe her because of yeah. things that I know. It's a potential threat. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, um, another one that listed here is political views. Oh, saying that you know it's often that political views can be a major cause of disagreements in marriage. Um, they have. It's say it's possible for two people to have completely different political views. And still happily coexist under one roof, uh, with the idea that pretty much the only thing that's majorly affected by your personal political views is how you vote, and that's also a personal thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like certain political views are divisive enough that if I knew you thought the complete opposite, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have married my wife. I agree. If our views on certain things. Like, I guess earlier we were talking about abortion. We were talking about unplanned, the movie, and stuff like that. If we had completely different views on abortion, that would probably be a deal breaker. Sure. I'd want to know that before we got married. Yeah. But uh, I guess I, I can't say that it would cause a divorce or anything like that after we were married. But, yeah. I don't know. Maybe at that point it would be better to keep, keep it secret. Possibly. That's a very, it's a very, that seems like a very tough one. I, yeah. <laughs> and I think that over time people, you know, as we age and we go through life circumstances and life tears us apart, if you will, our, our opinions change. And especially for you and I who did marry so young, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that over time our stance on some things may have differed shift yeah but if i can't openly talk with my husband about that and there be a a loving understanding of okay i'm gonna meet you where you are i don't have to agree with it but i can respect you for it yeah then there's bigger issues in the marriage sure you know yeah we should be able to have those kind of conversations with our spouse of all people i think so too yeah i think you're right so I think this one's a little bit off. Meh. Uh, the other, the last one I lists here for that one for for what should be private in marriage is thoughts and opinions. And I guess what here, let me read what it actually says. It okay. Says you are not obligated to share every single thought or opinion with your spouse. This applies to what you think about your loved one's job, relatives, dressing, and any other sensitive topics. There's no use hurting your partner with your opinion unless it's actually useful. Okay, so for the past two things, I think what it really should be is we don't have to agree because we're spouses. We don't have to be on the same page. If I feel a certain way about my brother-in-law's job and it's hurtful to Chris, which I don't feel a certain way, but whatever. If It's all she talks about. All the time, Nick. Nick. <laughs> your job is garbage. <laughs> He knows his job is garbage, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's a Can't good job, but anyway, um, 
if I feel a certain way about my brother's job and or his brother's job, and for some reason that's hurtful to him because it's his brother, mm-hmm. you know, because he loves his brother dearly, and my feelings towards his brother are meh. Yeah. Nick, <laughs> um, <laughs> ugh. Um, that's okay. I don't. I don't have the same connection with his brother yeah. as Chris does. You know, I don't have the same. He's not going to have the same connection with my sister as I do. And that's okay. We can still be husband and wife and disagree. But at the same time, I don't think that it's a matter of privacy. I think it's a matter of respect, if you will. Just respecting our differences. Okay. I don't like the last two. They don't make sense. <laughs> no, see, I, I disagree, at least with the last one. Okay. I I, I, I understand that. I kind of understand what they're saying. And uh, our marriage is over. <laughs> because of that we no longer can coexist man uh i have i'm weirded out by you just now um sorry no, i i i don't because I'm, I'm thinking i have a lot of random opinions and thoughts and they're mostly negative about about uh Different people or different things that that uh, Deidre might like. Uh, yeah. Especially people. <laughs> Some of her friends. <laughs> Some of her friends I don't care for. <laughs> but uh, I just... So tell me about those friends, not, Matt. Who are it's they? It's not beneficial <laughs> for me to just always be saying, you know what? I was thinking about your friend the other day. They really are garbage. They're garbage human beings. You know, it's just how's that... Why would I voice that? You know, why I should keep that to myself. That's not beneficial. That's not helping anybody. That's just saying to my wife, you have a horrible taste in friends. <laughs> I'm building this up far greater than it really is in real life. I'm just going fact, through all of Deja's friends no, in I'm my actually, head. I'm actually having a very hard time coming up with an actual example. <laughs> But there have been times, let's put it that way. There have been times when she's had friends that I didn't care for. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm split on that one. Yeah. A little more than I would be, like, on the political issue. No, and I do see Chris has a friend who he works with, who he's very close with. They were t- they work together on the enlisted side. They now work together on the civilian side. And I'm just not a fan. <laughs> and Chris knows that I'm not a fan. But there was a time where and he's said things that have made me get to this point. He's mm. said things that were very disrespectful to me as a wife that have gotten me to this point where I'm like, I just don't care for him. And the fact that you like him so much, it hurts me. <laughs> it irritates me. It offends me that you <laughs> like him so much. And so there have been debates where, like, he'll come home and tell a story, and he can tell, because I wear my my emotions on my face. Mm-hmm. I do not have a poker face whatsoever. <laughs> so he'll start talking about this person, and I just kind of look at him like, and you can be done. I don't care. I, I wish to not hear about him. Thank you very much. And he said, why don't you like my friend? I only have one really good friend. Why don't you like my friend? Why well, does he have to be a really good friend? Exactly. That is my that is my response 
next to him. Seven billion people on this planet. Exactly. <laughs> there are other people who can be your friend, and I am okay with those people. <laughs> All right, so let's flip to the other question. What should not be private in marriage? Um, I am not answering. No. <laughs> uh, basically, what the idea would be is, again, going back to our, our initial statement, is that secrecy is not fine. So we want to create a secret-free environment, meaning we don't want our spouse to feel like we're hiding anything from them or that we have something about ourselves that they can't see. Right. Um, but let's say, let's talk about like passwords. Like okay. email passwords. Yeah. Getting into your phone, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's, well, what's your, what's your just initial thought on, on that? Do, do we give them, do we give our spouses all our passwords with the idea that if they needed to get into something, they could, but with the understanding that maybe, we're not we're not spying on each other right. kind of thing right, right. so um yes and that this is something that Chris and I have grown from because the reason that we had so many marital issues stemmed from trust mm-hmm. and it stemmed from my lack of trust for him and that was something that came from my childhood nothing that he had done but in that he changed all of his passwords because his thought was, if you don't trust me, you don't get to see my stuff. Mm. You don't get to pick up my phone whenever you yeah, want to. Yeah, with the idea of like, you're just looking for something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So all of his passwords were changed. And to me, that was really an eye opener as to, okay, now I am being blocked. Now mm. I don't have that access. Whereas before I did, I had full access if I wanted to go in his email I knew the password if I wanted to get in his Facebook I knew the password and if he was doing something that wouldn't have been the case you know there would have been that wall up yeah that was now being instilled as he was teaching me a lesson if you will (laughs) um (laughs) him and his lessons (laughs) listen every now and then we need to learn a lesson um but now I have full access to his passwords, to his Facebook, to his phone, vice versa. He can get into my phone, but I don't. Right. Um, and that's a big pet peeve of mine is... That you don't get into his phone? No, no. <laughs> that you're Spouses not who will pick up their spouse's <laughs> mm. phone and read through... Just to make sure everything's... <laughs> Yeah, or I mean, they just read through Facebook messages or, and that, like, because I'm going to tell my friend something that is private right? with the understanding that in the right way and in the right time, she will share with her spouse because their spouse, you know, their husband and wife, but there are some things that I don't want for him to read. Right. Some, you know, and that then creates distrust within my friendship Mm -hmm. i can't say certain things to my friend for fear of what their spouse will say does that make sense yeah yeah Um, i get it it, for i'm gonna bring up kara and kevin but they do a really great thing if i text kara and i text kara anything and kevin has to answer her phone or check her phone for whatever reason like driving or uh uh-huh he's going to respond he's not going to read the message 
He may read the first line, and if it's something that's not a big deal, then he'll read the rest of it. But if he can tell that it's something private and personal Mm -hmm. that's directly to Kara, he's not going to read on, and he's going to respond in a joke, something completely off the wall that makes no sense. And in that moment, I go, hey, Kevin, because I know it's him, you know, and there's that understanding. Whereas I've had other friends whose spouse will read their messages, their texts from me, and they will respond as if they are the Pretend spouse. Pretend to be them, yeah. Yes. That's frustrating. And then I'll ask the friend a couple days later, hey, did, about that message, oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, he must have checked it. What? <laughs> and now I have stopped communicating with you via text. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and there's a fine line. Yes, we should share our passwords. Yes, our spouse should have open access to those kind of things. But it is not a daily thing where I pick up my husband's phone and I'm going through his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, I think that we should we should not be going through like our cell phone without their permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also shouldn't have everything all locked up like Fort Knox. Right. Giving off the impression that we don't trust them. Mm-hmm. It should be a situation where like, hey, can you pick that up for me and answer that? Yeah. Or see what they said and they automatically know how to open it. Yeah. Uh, because that is that level of trust that mm-hmm. you need to share. Uh, so, yep, I agree with that. Um, the other thing that I think should not be private. 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 Is, uh, <laughs> I was That's a... private and marriage. <laughs> private is... Uh, like your daily routine when you're not mm-hmm. together. Yeah. They should know where you're going to be at any point in the day. Yeah. Uh, because if you're, if you say, hey, I'm going to be here from here to here, they might just show up. They might be bringing you a drink or something mm-hmm. and you're not there. And then suddenly mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> they're going to think. You're sneaking around somewhere else mm-hmm. doing something you shouldn't be. And it might not, you know, not necessarily saying you're cheating with somebody, but right. might be cheating on your diet and you shouldn't be. That's a temptation of mine. <laughs> yeah. So there's the whole like settings in your phone where you can turn, or at least an iPhone, where you can turn your location mm-hmm. tracker on, but only for certain contacts. Yeah. And so when I realized that, I turned my location tracker on for Chris. And I'm, Like, I did it and didn't even think about it. And then, you know, as my brain starts to work and analyze things, I was like, I wonder how many married couples don't do that. And in my head, I'm thinking, if you can't do that, if you can't turn your location tracker on for your spouse, there's something wrong. There may be a time where I turn it off because I go to Lowe's and it's at Christmas and he's like, wait, what's she doing at Lowe's? Ha ha ha. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm only going to turn it off for 15, 20 minutes. Right. See, we did this thing. I don't think we have location tracker automatically on Android. Uh, but we did this thing called Live 360, mm-hmm. which was an app that's that shows you like a full, you know, Google map type thing. It shows right. you where they are at any given point. You can see them driving or whatever. Uh, we had to do this initially to help somebody else to try and keep track of them because they were having health issues. Uh, so we just both put it on there and we were both on it. We could both see where we were and where they were. Mm-hmm. And it got to be an issue. Yeah. Well, you started getting like anxious over it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
like just you know because oh, i where's she at what? i mean yeah but I, not I, in I, a started, I started panicking way. about her not you know not yeah not thinking that she was gonna be doing anything but just like, well, why is she there? What's going on? She didn't tell me about that because every now and then in her work, she's got to go somewhere else. And the same thing was happening to her. Yeah. Because I work here at the church most Saturdays, but often I have to run different errands. And she was like, "Why are you? What are you doing over there?" Yeah. It was. It wasn't an intentional move, but we just became slightly more. Uh, I don't know what the right word is. Not necessarily distrusting. Concerned. But just yeah, just overly curious. To yeah. the point where it got annoying yeah. for both of us. So we both just... <laughs> and that's done. fine. We both got new phones and we never downloaded the app again. Yeah. <laughs> and we were both very happy about it. <laughs> so with the way that location tracker works on iPhone uh, is only if he goes in and he looks like... He has to go in and say, like, click on Megan's location mm. or whatever. It's not like a... Every time I go to this place or this place or this place, he gets a notification. Okay, yeah. You know That's what I mean? probably better. Right. Mm. Because I think even I would be like, wait, what? Why is he leaving? <laughs> Where is he going? See, I think that my anxiety would be, I see that he's leaving base and he's leaving base at, say, one thirty when he's not supposed to get off until 4. And I'm like, wait, is he coming home? I need to clean up the house. <laughs> I need to at least look like I've been productive today. <laughs> But then I would call him. I can like I can see this playing out in my head already. I would call him, "Hey, where are you going?" And that to him would be an automatic she doesn't trust me. Right. You know, why is Even she asking? Even if you were doing it in a, a playful way. Yeah. Like, "Hey, I just noticed you're driving. Mm-hmm. Where are you going?" Yeah. It's like, "Why are you just sitting are you just sitting there staring at my location until exactly. I move?" Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not until the role is reversed and it happens to the other one that you right. really begin to, oh, okay. It wasn't a matter of distrust. But that first initial, it's like a slap in the face. Yeah. And that's that's really what it kind of felt like between yeah. us for both on um, both both sides. Yeah. So uh, I feel like I'm fine with the level of giving her where I'm honestly supposed to be. And she can call me or drive by at any point and see that I'm there. Yeah. And if not, I have a good dang excuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or Chris will come home from work early and I'm running a couple errands and he'll call, hey, where are you at? I'm at Albertsons. Why? Where are you? I'm at home and you're not here. But it's not a matter of what are you doing? Right. Who are you with? Why did you leave this house? I thought you were going to be here. You are a housewife. You are supposed to be here all the time. All right. Uh, I think the last one we need to talk about. Oh gosh, is money. Oh, money definitely should not be private in a marriage. But <laughs> then I see this situation with my mom. Ah, uh, okay. My mom is a compulsive spender. That's mm-hmm. that's that's like her coping mechanism. She spends, and she spends a lot, mm-hmm. and she always has for as long as I've been. What is going on outside? I don't know, but it's a high-pitched hum, and it's starting to really hurt my it's head. getting louder. <laughs> what is that? Anyway. The aliens are invading. Hopefully you're not picking that up on the microphone. Um, but yeah, she she uh, she compulsively spent all the time. Now, she never looked at the finances. She never did a budget. My dad kind of handled everything. Well, unbeknownst to her... He has been putting 
a little bit back and a little bit back from every single paycheck. I mean, they've been in debt. They've had things to pay off. They've had things they've wanted to do or whatever. But mm-hmm. he's been putting this money back faithfully for at least the last several years. Mm-hmm. And when he died a couple months ago, my mom thought, gosh, I have the $30,000 in our our savings and that's all I have. Yeah. Well, she has come to find out that he has saved like a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. And she's, I mean, that's still, she still has to be on a budget. She still has to be careful. Right. But that could very well. She's got a good chunk of it invested Mm -hmm. uh, with, with dangerous company and could very well keep her. Yeah. Very happy until uh, her time comes. Yeah. And that was a, that's a great thing, a mm-hmm. great blessing. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. At that, for something like that, because, you know, my dad was just honest with himself that if she knows we have this, it's going to get spent. Yeah. Uh, and wanted to make sure that she was provided for. So. We ran into the, the same thing. Yeah. Um, with Chris's parents. And up until that point, I was very gung-ho. Like, you have the same bank account. You go over finances together on a monthly or bi-weekly or weekly basis, whatever it is that you, you know, you get paid and do your bills or whatever. Mm-hmm. You sit down and you do that together as a couple. You have an understanding of what's left over, what you can spend, what you're saving. That, you become one. Right. Um. But then when Chris's mom passed away, and Chris's dad is much like your mom, a compulsive spender and spends a lot. Um, I go through seasons of that myself. I do too, to be totally (laughs) honest. Um, But to see that, and most of the kids were fearful of what that reality was going to look like as far as funeral costs and, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure Chris's dad was in a good financial place once his mom, because his mom was always the one who worked as well. Chris's dad was disabled before Chris was even born. So he was the stay-at-home dad and Chris's mom worked. Right. Um, so that was, I think, a big stressor on most of the kids. But she never told anybody that she was, and it wasn't in a bank account, she was just keeping it. She, mm. when we went through and cleaned up the house after she passed, Chris found a considerable amount of money in pocketbooks and in wallets and underneath the mattress and things like that, <laughs> that she had just kept. And at that point, I was like, this is how they survived. This is how they made it for so long. Because she knew what she had to do because of the person that she was married to. Mm-hmm. You know, she knew what she had to do in order to make sure that their life continued. Otherwise, their bank account would have been yeah at zero every, you know. And I think, and I don't want to come across as sounding ugly in any way, but it's just an addictive behavior. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that is hard to control. And so... I think if you are in that situation where you know that your spouse, his his or her behavior could lead to destruction, mm-hmm. if you will, then you put up safety nets yeah. to make sure that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not a matter of secrecy or privacy. It's a matter of survival. Absolutely. It's a matter of making sure that your loved one is cared for and protected even after your death. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think what it would come down to beyond that is the budget should be something that you two talk about together and figure out together. Your spending Mm -hmm. shouldn't be secret. Right. Uh, They should know you should be able to both see what you're spending money on with, yeah. you know, exceptions for Christmas and anniversaries sure. or whatever. Sure. But, you know, you shouldn't be, it shouldn't be just one person keeps all the records, keeps everything. They're in charge of spending all the money. You're doling out money to your spouse like it's an allowance. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that's just, yeah, that's too far. And that's going to cause a problem. Exactly. There is, and for me, the whole doling out an allowance for a period of time worked. Because I was going through a period of spending in order to. Cook. Well, I mean, if that's your if that's if that's your choice, right. that's a different thing, right? Yeah. Um. Don't give me more than twenty dollars a week. Yeah. I will spend it. Right, and we would sit down and we would do the budget, and we would say, "Okay, this is left over," and Chris would say, "All right, so how's this for your total for spending for the next two weeks? All right, I can do it." Right. Yeah. You know, it's an agreement, right? Yeah, that y'all two make. And that's at the different. same time. I don't think that one person should have full say over the finances or the spending. It's not something that I feel like you should hold over your head. If your spouse, if Chris wanted to buy something that was a big purchase and okay, right after tax return, he wanted to spend a, a large portion of that on something that he had been wanting. I'm not going to say, uh, no, not happening. (laughs) One, it's his money. I mean, <laughs> no, that's that's the wrong mindset. It's y'all's Matt, money. let me say he's the one who works. Okay, he's the one who works outside of the home. I work inside the home. I take care of the kids. Sure, and that's worth. He's the one who makes no, no that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying at all. But he's the one who brings in the money. Therefore, it's not right for me as his helper to say, "Nope, sorry, can't spend it on that." Okay. All your work and right effort. For, not right for you to be the dictator of the money, I guess. Sure. Yeah, sure. All your work and effort, it doesn't matter. We're putting it here. I that, thought you were that, kind of saying that you didn't have a say at all because it no, wasn't your money. No, but <laughs> anyway, you got to let me finish my thought before you start yelling at me. But there have been spouses who do that. There have been couples who do mm-hmm. that. And and I, I don't think it's purposeful in most cases because I'm, I'm in charge of the budget. In our house, which uh, I'm the stay-at-home husband. Yeah, I make some money. I have two part-time jobs, but but I don't uh, I don't make the main mm-hmm. income. Yeah, uh, and of course, my wife works in a financial firm. Yeah, so she knows money well. But that's it's why just you're in charge of the budget. She's it's... done with numbers at the end of the day. <laughs> <Probably She's... laughs> why. Um, but I do know that you know when when we're getting low on money or whatever, I do sometimes slip into dictator mode. Of like, what? You can't do that. We can't do that. We can't afford that. We don't have any money. Right? Yeah. And so I try to get out of that. I try to make it to where, you know, I know what we have. I know what we can be flexible on. And if something needs to happen, I don't want to feel like she has to come to me. Like, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Can I not? I just want her to be able to say, you know, yeah, we have money for this, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I want the situation to be. Or if you don't, then. Know, like, uh... Uh, can we push it? Yeah. What if we what if we split it up over the next two paychecks? Yeah. Like you you yeah. know I want I want it to feel like a discussion partnership, partnership mm-hmm. not a nope, can't do it like I'm the parent. Yeah. You know. Well and I'll be really Money vulnerable. Doesn't grow on trees. 
Yes. <laughs> I'll be really vulnerable, though. And it was probably about a month ago that right after we got the RV. Mm-hmm. And there are things that you need for an RV that you don't even consider yeah, that you that's need. That's a big, yeah. Until, big you know, your dishes, your pots and pans, your towels. Things that you don't want to have to take from your house every single time you go <laughs> yeah, camping. No, that'd be annoying. You know, um, so I went. And purchase these things with Chris knowing that I was purchasing things for the RV. However, the price tag was bigger than either one of us anticipated. And my first response was, Chris gets notifications from the bank account on his phone. Our bank account has been hacked far too many Mm. times. He just keeps a constant watch on it. So that debit came out. That was a couple hundred more than what we were anticipating. And he texts and he says, was that you at Walmart? And so my response was, yes, it was me. I know that it was more than what we were thinking. I'm so sorry. I can go back through the things. And if something isn't necessary, I can return it. But this is, I'll be glad to show you when you get home, you know. But because of my history with spending as a coping mechanism, I had to be a little more defensive. I had to say, Yes, it was me. Yes, I'm sorry. But the things were necessary. Right. You know? And I had to be willing to accept that there were going to be questions. There were going to be, wait a minute. Are you spending it on things that we need or are you just having fun? <laughs> Is something going on that you need to talk to me about and we we need to walk things out? You know? Um, but you have to be open and vulnerable. You have to be honest. And Chris's response was, it's all right. It's not a big deal. We'll figure out budget for next time and how we can make up for it from from this pay period. And that to me was just so comforting and yeah. so thoughtful because not only is it his job to protect me as far as emotionally, stability, our home, whatever, and financially – But he protected my feelings in that moment because he already knew that I was feeling kind of crappy when I saw that total come up. And I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. So he already knew that I was beating myself up. And he said, it's all right. We'll figure it out next pay period. Yeah. That's good. I think that's the bigger picture. (laughs) You know? Yeah. When it boils down to privacy, that's the bigger picture to really make sure that we are protecting the other person's feelings. We're not putting up walls we're not blocking them out of certain areas of our lives but we're protecting their feelings yeah right all right that's going to do it for our first topic of the day here on our privacy special stick around when we come back we're going to be talking about privacy in parenting but first this week in nerdy news stick around This week in Nerdy News, this is LTNN. According to TV Line, the Dexter revival has cast its new villain. They've cast Clancy Brown as Kurt Caldwell, the unofficial mayor of the small town of Iron Lake. Dexter's 10-episode revival will premiere on Showtime. Just have some bleach, Andy. There's a new Batwoman poster having been released from the CW, featuring, of course, Ryan Wilder's new costume, the new character stepping into the main role, and I gotta say, the poster, it's really underwhelming. Kind of looks like a bad Photoshop of 
<laughs> Someone wanting to be Batwoman? I don't know. It just looks... It looks bad. Whatever the case, if you want to give it a shot, starts on January 17th. <sighs> and last up, we're getting a lot of good news about MCU's upcoming project, WandaVision, coming to Disney Plus on the 15th. That's right, we're in the countdown already. And in fact, this LTNN news short will still be playing after the first two episodes air. That's right, we're getting two episodes that first night, and the episode count has been upped to nine for this first season, if it's a season. I don't even really know if this will be a continuing series or one standalone story, but we will get some answers soon. But one thing we don't really need to worry about right now is whether or not it's any good, because the critics have been chiming in. They've had the opportunity to watch the first three episodes of WandaVision, and you know what? Sounds like it's going to live up to expectations. One such reviewer had this to say, I saw three episodes of WandaVision and I am hooked. They really go for it. This is from Kevin Palloway. He says, this is one of the most ambitious and weirdest things Marvel's ever done. And this is the studio that had 300 superheroes in their last movie. Well, technically it was two movies ago, but we'll let that slide. That's going to do it for this week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And if you're listening to us on the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network, remember that all of our shows air first on LTN Radio during the actual morning hours. And we would love to kick off your day with some humor and fun. You can head over to LTNOnAir.com and see the schedule and also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone device. You can also enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now, normally, this is Tuesday, and we would do a Junk Food Tuesday thing, but uh, we're, we're holding off on that, at least for a week, and we are going to go straight into our next topic. This is our privacy special, and uh, in our last segment, we talked about privacy in marriage, and now we're going to switch gears just slightly to privacy in parenting. I think you're going to want to hear this. Today, we are talking about privacy in parenting, specifically how much privacy should you give your kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have a teenager mm-hmm. and, and older kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, while mine are five and two, mm-hmm. I don't trust my kids at all. Uh, I have a camera in both of their rooms. I have kids shell and all of our electronics. <laughs> so, you know, this is mostly going to be coming from your perspective. Okay. Because uh, my kids are a little too young and I haven't fully developed opinions on most of these things yet okay uh but i know that it's been about a year now right that your two boys have had phones maybe mm, a little longer than that yeah maybe a year and a half yeah yeah so how how does how has that situation been set up with you so for a while i just trusted my boys that they were doing what they were supposed to do on their phones no big deal And it wasn't something that I was, like, looming over. I wasn't confiscating their phones every night, which I know some parents do. Like, their phones charge in the bedroom, and they can pick up their phone. And that's also, like, part of screening screen time. Screen time, you know. Parents get the phones. Making sure they're not just up all night. 
cruising right. around on the phone, yeah. Exactly. Um, and going into the whole phone thing, I didn't feel that that was necessary. My boys hadn't given me any reason at that point to... Not trust them. Exactly. So I trusted them for the most part. Since then, there have been some things where we have really had to lay the hammer down and make some <laughs> clear defined rules. I think we discussed how Cannon was letting other people, other kids use his phone. Right. You did bring that up once. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were looking up pornography websites on his phone. And we had to explain to him, you know, while it's your phone, it's registered to your dad's name. Mm-hmm. And if you click on the one wrong thing, it could look really bad for your dad in the long run, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we took the time to share a bit of your testimony with Cannon at that point, which he had no idea. And telling him that Mr. Matt spent six months in jail was like, what? <laughs> um, For but, that full testimony, you can find it on YouTube. Matt yes. Joker's testimony. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but at that point, I then really began to realize, okay, I need to monitor what's being looked at, what's being watched, what's being viewed. Um, We set passwords to where they can't, like, purchase an app. Of course, they couldn't purchase one, but even the free apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't put an app on their phone unless we put the password password. in. So, essentially, they're having to ask permission. Good. Um, We've taken YouTube off of their phone simply because... One click leads to something else, mm-hmm. which will lead to something else. And that's just difficult, mm-hmm. you know, if, because all their friends have YouTube. All their friends get to watch videos. Well, all their friends don't have a mom who cares about their... You see, that's one of the things about uh, the online digital stuff that, like, I feel like... I know a lot of people don't want to have a rating system. And they feel like that's overly... Uh, totalitarian mm-hmm. and they still think about that as the for the movies and video games as well yeah because it's all risen out of puritan you know think of the children nonsense yeah. or whatever uh i would love to have ratings on these on youtube videos youtube content i know it's impossible yeah because it's a user updated thing there's no way anybody system could watch everything that's uploaded millions and millions and millions but to be able to at least, I know that they have, I think you can label your content as 18 or above, mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't stop you from watching it. Right. Uh, it's just, I would love to be able to set a filter where certain things aren't going to come up. Yeah. Uh, and it's impossible to do. It is. Yeah. So yes. I, I can completely understand why you would take YouTube off, even though most of what they're going to be watching it's going to be fine. It's going to be video games and people whatever. People playing video people games. People playing Fortnite. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, one wrong click, one mm-hmm. wrong uh, recommended video yep. that they see. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a bummer. Yeah. Um, and then recently we've had where our oldest has been in a relationship, his first girlfriend. And so... I found out that they were texting like to three, four, five o'clock in the morning and have to wake up at seven o'clock in the morning for school. (laughs) And it, you know, things started adding up to where I was finally like, wait a minute, there's something going on. Let me look at his phone. And it was never 
it was always understood those are our phones as parents they belong to us we are lending them to you so if mm-hmm. i ever ask to see your phone you give me your phone without question and that's you, something that you told them yes when you first gave them to me. yes good so um I asked to see Topher's phone one day, and that's when all the text messages start coming in. And I'm like, okay, so we need to put a little more stricter rules on this. So now at 10 o'clock, phones come in our room to charge at night, which is something (laughs) that I really didn't want to do. And here recently, I've had to read Topher's text messages every night just to make sure that there's nothing that he's being told and nothing that he is saying that could be misconstrued sure. in any way, shape, or form. Um, I don't do it with Canon because Canon's not in that same place. He's not. I check Canon's text messages about once a week. Have to check Topher's every day. And yeah. Chris was like, he said to me a couple days ago, I think it's a little excessive. I think maybe not every day is necessary. And I said, the only reason I do it every day is because they text nonstop. And I don't want to have to be reading through a thousand messages covering two days worth of conversation in one night. So thank goodness texting is unlimited now. Yes, yes. Whereas it wasn't ten cents a piece. Yes, but we had to explain to Topher, and this is something that I think a lot of parents may not understand. But we had to explain to him there were some things being said in these text messages that if, and they were innocent. But if she ever got upset with him or angry with him and wanted to claim that something had happened, there would be enough evidence in these text messages to where she could have a good, valid story. Hmm. And sadly, our reality is people believe the girl. You know? Um, And so we had to explain that to him. We had to explain. When we were teenagers, we wrote letters, and those letters could be ripped up. Yeah. Evidence could be gone. Yeah. Yeah. This evidence is no longer. Do they not? Do deletable. kids not pass notes at all anymore? I don't think that they do. Man, I really that's like don't. A, that's like a, a rite of passage. Yeah, almost. yeah. Learning how to fold them in all funny shapes. Mm-hmm. Whenever I made a heart. Yeah. Yeah. I. Wow. Nope. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. What everything that I've read basically has said that when you're when you're giving your kids phones for the first time, you make it clear to them. You know, I'm gonna be checking this. Yeah. Uh, and I like the idea of bringing it home, bringing it in at yeah. the end of the night, and them not having it overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it basically says, and that's just, it actually goes for everything. It says that. Um, Make it clear to your kids that if you're going to be looking through stuff, you're going to be checking drawers, if you're going to be looking through their phone, tell them that. Yeah. Don't make it a secret. Don't be a, a you know, a, a spy sneaking around. Mm-hmm. You know, make it clear. Look, you don't really have privacy. Yeah. <laughs> you have privacy, but it's based on trust. And yeah. And you got to get to that level. The more yeah. I trust you, the less I'll be getting involved in your stuff. And if you break that trust, then it'll go back up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my mom, when I was a teenager, yeah. and we were in the age of note writing, my mom went through my backpack every night. Really? And I didn't know this until I was an adult. She kept it secret. But she never used anything against me. It, I never, honest to goodness, never knew that she read all of my notes. Um, 
But if I was going through a particularly difficult time, she was aware. Yeah. And so I would come home to like my favorite candy bar or I would come home to a really sweet card that she had written um, you know, an encouraging mm-hmm. note in. And I was never able to put two and two together as a teenager. <laughs> and I think she did that properly. Yeah. You know, she never used it against me. However, I also never realized that there was repercussions for my actions. I acted a certain way outside of the home. And I think that my mom just expected that as a teenager. You know, I'm going to say things that I wouldn't say at home. I'm going to act a certain way that I wouldn't act at home in front of her. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I want for my children to be different. I want for them to have a standard of how they talk and how they act, regardless of whether it's around me or around their friends. Mm -hmm. And so having those consequences for those choices, I think, is a good thing. Um, it's not violating our children's privacy, but it's holding them to a standard. Mm-hmm. And it is possible. My parents, you know, did that with me when, when it comes to how I reacted and how I talked with other people. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like overly beaten over the head with it. Yeah. And even though I've been involved in church, that was always my choice. It wasn't really a, I was being forced to come to church thing and, or forced biblical morals or anything on me. Uh, but one, when I really realized that I had that instilled in me was when I was in, since we already brought it up, when I spent six months in prison. Yeah, sorry. Where everybody cusses yeah. every other word, mm-hmm. including all the guards, all the counselors, everybody. just And it's always F and S, the big ones, just yeah. constantly. Yeah. And I remember being in prison. If there was any place in the world where I could let loose and just cuss as much as I wanted to, it would right. have been there. Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't have the need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized then that, yeah, I guess that's just kind of how I grew up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was taught. It wasn't really a conscious decision. It wasn't about me being better than anybody else or anything like that. I was just like, man, do people really talk like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a standard that was set. and. Uh, side note, I wanted to bring the, bring this in because I, I don't think I told you. I got contacted uh, last week by somebody who is taking a course, like in a, co- a college course, uh, to become a therapist that deals with people who have sex addictions and things like that. And he c- got in contact with me after watching my testimony on mm-hmm. YouTube because he said it's part of the curriculum in their class to watch my testimony. And I what? thought, that's really cool. That is really cool. <laughs> that is really cool. That was really neat. If there's any way for it to be used, it was it's a Christian it was a Christian college. Yeah. Uh and I'm like, yeah, if there's any way for that to be used, that's a fantastic way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you haven't seen my testimony and you're interested, which I'm sure if you haven't, you might be now. Uh I'm sorry. Check it out. I feel like I opened up a door that maybe <laughs> should have stayed we've mentioned, closed. We've but... mentioned it before. I just try not to bring it up on the morning show all that often. My bad. <laughs> um, all right. So here's another one where this might be a little different. Journals. Like mm-hmm. actually handwritten journals. They say this is still a common practice among a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, to keep something off of social media, something that they write, that they keep a journal, and they keep it secret. Mm -hmm. And most of what I've read has said, don't open it. Mm 
Don't open it. Don't look at it. Let them have this one place where they can freely write their feelings. And it gave me kind of celebrate recovery vibes in that this is kind of how they, this is typically where they would write all the things that they're afraid to say out loud. Yeah. And just to get it out. Mm -hmm. And that if we break that trust, if we open that and they become aware that we've read their journal, that's something that they might feel like they can't trust us anymore. Mm -hmm. And that they can't be honest anymore in any way. Yeah. What do you think about that? I haven't reached that level yet. I don't know if any of your kids keep journals or that you're aware of. So Mila's really the only one who keeps a journal and she's eight. So Not a lot of scandal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The boys could care less. The Mm. boys aren't writing, at least at this point in their lives. I wonder as they go into more teen years if, because it's something that I encourage them to do. Mm -hmm. Write your feelings down. Because a lot of times... Once you get them on paper, you're able to process them. Oh, absolutely. It's a wonderful tool. It is. It's therapeutic. It not only helps you process it, but it really helps to put things into perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of times where I've felt a certain way and just writing it out, I'm like, whoa, I am way off the line here. You know, Mm -hmm. need to change my mindset. Um, So what I would say is either take the approach that my mom took and read it, but never, ever let them know. Yeah. Um, And that's difficult. Right. That's incredibly hard. I would assume so, especially if you've found something incriminating in there. Yes. Um, That doesn't mean that you read it and forget about it, but you read it and you understand where your child is at sure. that, that point in their life. If you need to do something, if they are in a really tough time and you need to do something in order to show them more love, to show them more appreciation, it may be a reality check for you as a parent to say, hey, wait a minute, I've been a little bit hard on them. You know, I'm making mountains out of molehills mm-hmm. when they have other mm-hmm. things going on in their life. Um, it could be a good tool, but that... That trust shouldn't be broken. Right. I will, I will say that. Um, either that or don't read it until you get that inkling that, wait, something bigger is happening. Something yeah, the, bigger the is other, going The other on. thing that I saw was, I guess, a condition to that was that if you see a red flag, yeah. do a little recon, make sure everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Which but, is, as a, but as a standard, just like when they're at school, don't go in there and say, I wonder what they wrote today. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, Which it's, is exactly the situation that happened with Topher's phone. Right. There was a red flag, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is completely <laughs> out of character for him. He's never acted this way. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> and so I had to go home, and I had to really sit on it, and Chris and I discussed it, and I found... You know, I prayed about it, and when I picked him up, I was like, okay, just hand me your phone. You know, there's no, there was no, hey, by the way, I'm going to look at your phone when I pick you up from school today. There was none of that. It was, at that point, it seemed emergent. It seemed like I needed to do what I needed to do in order to make sure he was safe and protected. And so I think the same is true with a journal. If you're starting to see behavior that is uncharacteristic of your child, um again don't make it known right 
but do what you need to do to make sure the safety of your child is top priority. Agreed. Agreed. Safety should be first. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's uh, that's what we got. What do you think? All right. That's the end of segment number two here on this privacy special. Do not go anywhere because the show is not over. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're switching gears entirely. Still on privacy, but outside of uh, you know our relationships, more about privacy in the realm of technology. So stick around for that. But first, five bonus random facts. This is Radio Matt from the Back Row Morning Show, and I've got your five random facts. Lincoln Logs were created by John Lloyd Wright, son of famous architect Frank Lloyd Wright, in the 1920s. They were named after Abraham Lincoln, who grew up in a log cabin. Play-Doh started out as a wallpaper cleaner before the head of the struggling company realized the non-toxic material made a good modeling clay for children and rebranded it. In 1940s, a retired school teacher came up with Candyland to entertain children who were hospitalized from polio. Because its color system required no reading, young kids could easily play. People started wearing pajamas instead of nightgowns so they'd be prepared to run outside and panic during World War I air raids in England. And at medieval times dinner attractions, they make you eat with your hands because, well, people didn't use utensils in the Middle Ages. For more random facts and hilarious nonsense, tune in to the Back Row Morning Show Monday through Thursday at 7 a.m. Central with an encore at 9. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt, and I hope that you're listening to us on LTN Radio, where we air each weekday morning at 7 a.m. and again at 9 a.m. Central. You can head over to LTNOnAir.com and see the schedule, and also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone. Stay up to date on our other shows. Enjoy the amazing mix of music that we have playing throughout as well. Now, uh, like we've been saying, this is a special episode, Special Tuesday, uh, with Mo out. We're actually focusing on three classic discussions all around a similar topic on privacy. We've already talked about privacy in marriage, privacy in parenting, and now a slight shift. We're talking about, in this segment, privacy in the tech world. Uh, that encompasses uh, uh, quite a lot, actually, and it's, it's an interesting discussion we took into a couple different places. So let's just dive right in. Today, we're talking about privacy in tech. So this is a bit of a departure from our first two. First two are kind of home-based. This is stepping into the future in the world at large. What are you doing? So I was drawing... I just had the paper clip on, what is it, my coffee sleeve? Uh-huh. And I was just repositioning the paper clip and outlining it uh-huh. in different air ways. And I didn't really realize what I drew. You and it's did, not... you, did you draw a inappropriate part of the body by accident? I did. <laughs> she, she, like, realized it. Her eyes got huge and she scribbled it out and then crumpled up the coffee <laughs> Mortified at herself. I am. <laughs> it's one thing to knowingly do something or say something, but I 
I didn't mean to do this. It's accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ashamed. That that happens every now and then, like on like sports recaps where they have the little marker with the drawing on the screen. Yes. (laughs) Or didn't the Mars rover accidentally do it too? Oh, I don't this know. This year, I'm pretty sure the Mars rover accidentally drew one. Uh, on Mars. Yeah, I, I feel really <laughs> ashamed of myself right now. Anyway, back to our... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that gets all over the internet, Mo. That's I... why we need privacy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I had a lot to say about the last two days and topics. Uh-huh. I'm not going to have as much to say. You don't feel say. like you have a lot to say in this one? This is going to be all you. I this... don't think so. This is your race. Okay, so let's let's talk about listening. Google has recently come out and admitted to Congress that even when all your tracking and all your listening and everything is turned off, they're still tracking you. Mm-hmm. Well, you've known that. No, I've known the, the listening thing, but I'm okay. talking about they know where you are, they know what you're doing, and it is to target ads at you and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we have talked about the the um, the Siri aspect or the Hey Google aspect thing, where you would think that when you say the wake word, mm-hmm. boom, that's when the recording starts, because obviously that's how this works. It records your voice, sends it to computers at Google or whatever, and then they instantly send back the results. But when you go back, you can go back and search through your Google history, like, like not your web history, but like your actual activity history. If you find it, you can find it in your profile. And you can hear your voice recordings. And they start as you start talking. Like you hear yourself say, hey, Google, mm-hmm. which is weird. How would it record that? Did your phone just? My, my phone just came on. Uh, but yeah, it can hear you say that and record it. All the way from the beginning of the wake word. But then I found out that it's even recording before that. Because at one point, uh, someone was yelling something in the background when I said, hey, Google. And I could hear them yelling before I said, hey. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was already recording. Which tells me it's recording all the time. Nonstop. It, your phone is nonstop recording. And I guarantee you Siri's doing the exact same thing. And Alexa is probably doing the exact same thing, too. Always recording you. Now, they say publicly that, you know, they don't keep these recordings. It's just to have the program work optimally for you and be ready to go at a moment's notice. But then they get in front of Congress and the story kind of changes a little bit. Uh, Of course, Facebook is doing this, too. They've been hounding Facebook about privacy issues now for the last several years. We all know that when... uh, Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. was sitting in front of Congress. How he looked like a robot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is does that worry you at all that you're always being listened to? Like we've been talking about accidentally incriminating yourselves or whatever with with uh, text messages or all that, but that's stuff that you do to yourself. Right. This is uh, now I'm having to watch what I say at all points. I guess what I'm worried about is will it become so normal that we then get on that slippery slope of now we're being monitored. Mm -hmm. Not that we're being listened to all the time, 
now we're being monitored all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. I'm... <sighs> Obviously, I don't like it. Obviously, <laughs> I want to feel protected right. and safe within my home. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't say whatever I want to say in Walmart because there are people who are listening. Right. Sure. I can't say bomb on an airplane, even if I'm just having a discussion about or, a or type fire of candy. In a movie yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> because, you know, there are people who are listening and will take it the wrong way. Yeah. But there's a hope that inside your home, when having a conversation with your spouse or your children, that you can be candid and yeah. and honest in your opinions. Um, that being said, I feel like I think the only perk that could come from it is that there is a bit of a moral backing, like. You know that someone is listening to you, so you choose not to say certain things because you don't want to offend them. You don't want to be it wrongly helps, judged. Helps keep you don't want to self inject. Exactly, exactly. But you have Alexa in your home. I can see, I can see where you're going. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. But I think that's the literal only positive and that's, that could come from it. I feel it's, it's even a bit of a stretch to make it positive. Just well, like you're searching for something to be positive about. So in here, yeah, absolutely. I'm searching for something to be positive about it. Because let's be honest, there have been movies that have like told us for decades now to not have robots in our homes because it goes very, very badly. Yet still, for hey, some reason, we have Alexa. Man. Bicentennial Man was great. I don't know that movie. They did, Robin Williams was a robot. Really? And he did not kill anybody. <laughs> okay so one out you of how many bicentennial man? No, you bicentennial man. you're right i do um <laughs> but i think so and this may be something that's just been ingrained in me kind of as a military spouse with the understanding that i can't speak openly and honestly about how i feel about a president because mm. it is he is my husband's boss essentially you know yeah and i've always had this whole conspiracy theory in the back of my head are there people listening to me are there people watching they bug our house to Uh make sure yeah even before (laughs) alexa was a big thing even before smartphones were a big thing i can remember thinking that you know well i can't talk about i think bush was the president Mm mm-hmm yeah. Um, so I couldn't say anything negative without like ending it with, but I think he's a good guy. <laughs> you know, like. And I still might with, vote for him. Yeah, the same with Obama. I couldn't say anything <laughs> negative without saying, but he's human. I get it. You know? <laughs> but he is a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I think it's just something that's been ingrained in me to always end <laughs> my honest opinions with a. But, <laughs> but you know, who's who doesn't do that? On <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who doesn't sometimes contact the Russians? Right. <laughs> We've I mean, all I done talk it. to them on a weekly basis. I mean, no, I don't. No, I don't. No. FBI, right? Into our studio. <laughs> like... <laughs> Did you do the collusion? Gosh. <laughs> it was just a joke. <laughs> okay. Well, see, you brought up something that's even more terrifying than to me. Okay. Bugging. 
used to, if the government was going to bug you, they had to get into your house. Yeah. They had to put things or they had to like tap your your landline phone or yeah. something. Now, we've been told, it's been confirmed many times, the government has the power to wirelessly turn on both your microphone and your camera on your mm-hmm. phone, even when your phone is off. Yeah. They can turn it on mm-hmm. and do that. That's terrifying to me. Yeah, I think when cell phones first came out, there there was a big push for they are more secure because you can't tap into mm-hmm. like you can with a landline, you know, uh, false. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> maybe twenty years ago when they first came out and they were a big thing, but they were essentially uh, fancier walkie talkies. Yeah, a phone in a bag <laughs> is what it was, but. We had one of those. We did too. We plug it into the car. Uh-huh. Uh, the cigarette lighter of the car. Yep. I still think that's like the most genius design ever. Like, <laughs> Get the bag phone. Yep. Um, but anyway, I yeah, it's no longer something that we can use the argument of, well, it's more secure because right. it is definitely not. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that comes along with this and it's probably the main thing like we're talking about all these kind of nightmare scenarios but i think the main thing that this brings up is ads targeted ads Mm -hmm. which i'm not all that against because if i'm if i have to see ads i'd like to see ads for things i like yeah something i I want i don't see garbage ads yeah things i don't want all the time sick of seeing car ads so sick of seeing car ads hulu Buy advertising from, or get advertising from other companies, please. I'm so sick of that. That's true. They really cars, only do. Cars, cars, cars. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah. So I'm not entirely against it, but that's usually, most of that comes from tracking cookies. Yeah. On your computer and mm-hmm. your phone and stuff like that that you do. Not necessarily from listening. But my wife has this theory, which a lot of people share, that your phone really is listening to you. And that it is bringing up ads based on what you say, because you'll be talking about a certain thing, a certain product, or whatever, and then you'll see an ad for it. Yep. Do you think that's really happening? I do. I've seen it happen to myself. Okay. Here's, I have a theory. You know how when you hear a weird word or phrase that you don't hear that often, and then you hear it like several times that week? Yeah. It's called the Batter-Meinhof phenomenon. Okay. And it's basically where you're made aware of something that you would you would have heard anyway. But if you're not actually actively aware of it because of a specific instance, you don't notice it or you don't register it. Okay. I think that because, you know, I'm talking about this specific item or thing, now I'm going to be more aware of the ad. Yeah. I think the ad would probably always have been there, but had I not been talking about it, I wouldn't have really noticed it. So here's the thing. I've had like vacations for Europe mm-hmm. pop up on my phone after talking about going back to Italy mm-hmm. or seeing the places that we didn't get to see while we were there. That doesn't... Those could pop up. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You're going to see <laughs> Disney... You're going to see Universal. You're going to see SeaWorld. You're going to see all the big places. You're not going to see vacation packages to Paris pop up on your... You're I not. See, I don't see not, why not. Why not on you? a 
reoccurring frequent daily unless you have searched it. Search, yeah, search. Did you search it? No. You ever put in Europe in the search bar? No. Not once? Truthfully, no. No. (laughs) But that's the thing. Just having these hypothetical conversations with my husband or friends and, well, if we did go back to Italy, where would we go this time? Never a conversation that we would have had prior. I don't know. I think people are listening. Okay. See, Deidre, though, is so emphatic about this that I feel like she reads into certain things. Like, okay. we'll be t- she'll be talking about diapers or whatever, and then an ad will pop up for diapers on her phone later that day, and she'll use that as proof. I'm like, oh, they advertise diapers. <laughs> and you searched many baby things. You might not have searched diapers, but it's normal. <laughs> But every time, and I feel like it's once a week, or at least it was for a long time. So she's a bit of a conspiracy theorist <laughs> Just as well. Just that. Yeah. This is like the only thing that she's really conspiracy out about. That's where it starts. <laughs> but I don't know. I think most of it's better mine off. That's what I'm going to contend. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, how much do you share online about yourself? Like on Facebook, is most of your stuff open to where anybody can see it or do you no, have most of it private? Most of it's private. Yeah. To the point to where if there's a like if I share something that I think is a whoa moment that I feel like the rest of the world needs to know, then I go in and I publicly share that post, but then I also go back and make sure that the next like five or seven posts after that are still, yeah. are still private. Right. You know? Um but everything Pretty much my cover photo, if you're not my friend on Facebook, the only thing that's that you can see or that you're supposed to be able to see is my profile picture and my name. And I think just those like top, the bio information. Mm -hmm. So you know how like everybody has worked at this job from this day to this date, worked at this job, went to this school and this school and this school. To me, I feel like that's way too much information that you're putting out there. Not only like do most people not care, but that's just adding information for someone to be able to steal your identity. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just giving them mm-hmm. all these possibilities. Okay. So my next one is how far do you take it? Now, you seem to take it pretty heavily, but what about like... Because I just saw this, and it was a Kara that did it. And mm-hmm. my friend Kara. Mm-hmm. She posted a picture, and it had a, her vehicle in it. Mm-hmm. And she covered up the license plate in the picture with, mm-hmm. like, a little heart sticker so mm-hmm. no one could see the license plate. Yeah. I would have never thought to do that. But why? It's on your car. Hundreds of people see it a day. What's the difference if you put it on? True. You can't steal your identity based on your license plate. Yeah. I... <laughs> I would have never thought to do it. But at the same time, Matthew, at the same time, what does her blurring her license plate on her picture offend you? (laughs) I'm not offended by it. I don't understand it. I want to learn. Teach me why this is a thing. (laughs) So obviously there are some people who are a little more... Freaked out. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually honestly asking, is this a thing? 
I have no idea. Because I've never really heard of anybody blurring out their license plate like I that. Have. I know that I know that some people do it as a privacy measure when it's like other people's cars other people's or whatever. cars yeah but like are you worried about your own car and your own photo so that you're posting on your page that's what i've always seen is someone blur out yeah, other, other people's because that's that's putting them in a place you don't you know you don't want to it doesn't matter where it is you don't want to prove that somebody else was somewhere uh, and out them if they weren't supposed to be there or True. you don't want to make any kind of True. privacy issue for someone else yeah but when it's you yeah i don't know I don't understand. I don't understand it. Okay. We're going to need to call Kara and figure it out. <laughs> no. I'm not doing it. Why? We can ask Kevin. Kevin will relay the answer Kev- to Kevin, us. I know you're listening. Kevin. Yeah. So ask just let us know. Why and tell us. I'm sure he already <laughs> asked her and she had her reason. But Kara is a lot like me in the fact that if I do something... And I did it to my stuff. Why the crap do you even care if I did it? Back off my case. I need to know if I need to start doing it or not. I need to know the justification. So that, like, that's why I'm not asking Kara. If she felt the need to do it, cool. She felt the need to do it. Kevin will give us the reason and he'll do it in a more not angry way. (laughs) This is why Kara and I are best friends, though, because we get offended by people who offend us. Because we don't talk to each other about anything. I mean, I could probably text Kara and be like, hey, what's the deal? Why why did you blur out your license plate in that picture? And she wouldn't take it offensively coming from me. Right. But... You think she would for me? It's like, question. Why'd you you blur out your license plate? uh, Probably not from you either. Okay. Here's the thing. But we're going, we read comments and text in the voice of the other person. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if someone else were to call her or text her, um, if another one of our good friends were to do it, she would be ticked at him. Like, <laughs> back up off my case. Stop judging me for everything that I do. She's talking about a specific yeah. friend. Not, yeah. Not just any other friend. No, just a specific one. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there's a whole range of uh, other questions we could be talking about with this, but uh, it's just basically what it comes down to is we have no privacy in technology. There's, we have a little bit that we can block from other people to see, but in the end, if they really want to find out about you, they can. Yeah. So. Uh, it's a true story. Keep blurring your license plates. See if that'll help. <laughs> Take all precautionary measures. (laughs) And I'm sure that's her mindset. Yeah. Just being safe. Just playing it safe. Yep. (laughs) All right. We're going to take one more break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, I'm going to answer a question that maybe you've been dying to ask. I'm I'm sure. Uh, More back row to come. Stick around. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? 
That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerds content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out LTNOnAir.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search in favorite LTN Radio or enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, I'm going to answer an Ask Us Anything question. You asked, what's the most overhyped place you've traveled to? Uh, I'm going to say we've, we've been to quite a few places, especially this year we added quite a few uh, and most of the places that we went to actually kind of exceeded the hype. Like we were really excited. Uh, you know, Mount Rushmore, uh, uh, St. Louis, Nashville, all were pretty darn cool. The, the place, the only place that I can recall that was overhyped was maybe, maybe slightly downtown Hollywood. But then again, I say that and maybe that was a decade or two ago. People are hyping that up. I think everyone's pretty much on board now that no, that place is kind of a garbage dump in most areas uh, with a few bright spots here and there. Uh, we've been to Vegas. You know, Vegas is definitely a lot dingier than it appears in the ads, but there's still a lot of cool stuff going on in Vegas. If you're not going there to lose your shirt, you can have uh, some some good fun. So I would have to say the the number one answer for this is probably the Bahamas. And uh, I will say it's likely because we just didn't get the full experience we got, you know, on the shore. I didn't actually get to even get on the shore. My wife and my mother and my kids got to. I was feeling kind of uh, not up to par that day. Uh, we were on a cruise. And, uh, you know, part of it is to blame that, you know, it was hurricane season, of course, and that, you know, can't hold that against them. But the other part was just the place that they were had just a lot of nasty looking people. There's a cab driver that just pulled over and yelled at my mom about, hey, you shouldn't be out here alone without a man walking you around. Just dirty, dirty beaches, dirty. It just looked really, it was, it was terrible. Now, it, like I said, it could have just been the area that our boat happened to be uh, docking at, but uh, did not make anyone in my family want to travel any further uh, into the Bahamas. So, like I've said, the, the Bahamas are, are big. I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of very nice places, but uh, <laughs> apparently got to travel through some pretty dingy places to get there. And that was enough to stop us. That was enough to stop us. Let's end with our verse for the day. Romans 10, 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. That's going to do it for our show. Be sure to check out all that we do online at lovethynerd.com. we got amazing articles on all things nerdy as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please give, uh, sorry, please visit give.ltnradio.com. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and you're 
your gift is tax deductible. Follow us on all the socials at the Back Row LTN, at LTN on air, and at Love Thy Nerd. And the Back Row Morning Show has its own Facebook group community for Christian humor, Back Row Baptist Church. So search us out there and join in the fun. Lastly, just in case you ever miss a day, find the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review something along the lines of, it's like they're in my own head. We'll be back tomorrow morning right here on LTN Radio at 7 a.m. Central Time with an encore at 9 a.m. with another special episode. Until then, have a great day. And uh, remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd. <laughs>